Okay, welcome back everybody. Would you like to come? No matter how many times I no matter how many times I rehearse for this, I'm never ready. <laughs> so I'm fine. I'm we can't hear you. No, no matter how many times I rehearse for this, I'm never ready. I'm coming from a background of Middle Eastern religion. Is the mic not on? Is the mic not on? Uh, it's on. Yeah, I'm coming from a background of Middle Eastern religion and uh, Sufism philosophy. Mm. So I've done, since I've been at that age, my dad used to take me to his master, so I've been through all of what I feel like I've been a very uh, blessed person. And uh, here I am. Uh, I think I feel like I'm half cooked, yes. but not fully cooked. That's the feeling I get. And yesterday I talked about how I get stuck. I'm stuck in this relationship that I always give in to make somebody else happy. And now I'm at the point that I feel that I'm not authentic to my own self. Yes. And I feel like I'm betraying my own self because and I don't want to do it anymore. So I say, yes. no, 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 no. Okay. And that created a lot of contacts, a lot of tension, a lot of stuff. Yes. And I go to that place to see where I need to go from here. Yes. And it's difficult to make that decision. Uh, I also have two teenage girls. I don't want to leave them. So... Yesterday when we talked about being stuck, I don't know what happened to me last night. I went to bed and the whole night was like a torturous screaming. So loud that uh, when I woke up, I had to just walk outside, go get some fresh air because I couldn't function. It was so intense. Mm -hmm. And I had to just sit outside for half hour calm the body down and I said I don't want to go back to sleep so all of that thought I know you say witness it and then yeah. disregard it yeah. they have a lot of power yeah. so they get in me even when I'm asleep yes. um, so that's question number one I know the place of rest is between those thoughts and I know that when the thoughts arise, then the emotion follows. And then as much as you feed those emotions and thoughts, then they have more power. Yes. So I learned to calm that down. But I, I can calm those uh, between the thoughts to be a restful place. I'm very comfortable when I sit with me. Not as I'm not as comfortable outside, so I always retreat inside. But I don't get 
that I don't get to that peaceful place of nothingness and and I have experienced that before. I don't want to cling to that, but I want to rest in that. I think that's where we nourish. That's where our true being is. So that's number one. Number two is where I am in this relationship. Where do I go from here without hurting others? But you're hurting yourself by staying there, aren't you? Any advice? So you know what you need to do. I know what you need to do. I have to be I have to be attentive to myself. I don't want to go on with this anymore because I feel like I'm betraying myself. I'm not truthful to what I believe. I haven't been. I danced around it and it's enough. I got tired of that dancing. There is no satisfaction in that, there is no result. I feel like an idiot. Okay. And so, what does it look like if you start being authentic to yourself? What does your life look like? It's full with friends I like, places I like to go. But my partner likes to go to Vegas and go to five-star hotels, I like, I'm a simple camping guy. Yeah. That's where I find peace, these guys. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing when I want to... Leave. When I want to leave. Yes. Because I have to, I feel like I'm abandoning my kids. They are teenagers. Yes. Yes. So there is a dilemma there. There is. Especially for the kids. Yes. They need. They need. I feel like they need me. Yes. Yes. Even though you say, you keep saying surrender and everything is gonna work out and all of that, and I understand that. uh, I understand that. Intellectually, I have no problem yes. understanding any of this intellectually. Yes. It's just where my feelings and my heart, that's where the confusion and the thoughts. Yes. Are. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Yes. To live. Yes. And live my own life, basically. Yes. Hmm. Ultimately, you're going to have to make the decision yourself. Right. Okay? Yeah. But here's what I'm hearing. You're, you're being dishonest with yourself right. and staying. Right. Now, if, if it sounds like you've tried lots of ways to try to make it work. Right. You know, it's not like you're in the relationship for six months, it's a bit longer. What can happen is that if we stay in an environment that's dishonoring us and we know we're dishonoring ourselves, what happens is that the body will collapse. It's almost there. Ah. We get sick because it's like, you don't have the courage to get out? I'll pull you out. So you're not going to be there for your girls if you die. Right? Okay, so you've got to be kind of practical here. If you need to be physically there with them, then you're either going to be healthy with them 
but it would, it would just be in a way that you don't recognize now. Leaving the family home changes your relationship with them, but it doesn't destroy it. As when well, I get confused, I don't know the result. I cannot trust that decision. Even knowing here, I know it's the right decision. I don't know what the outcome would be and how peaceful and surrender I'm going to be with that outcome. There is a lot of... What a wonderful place in your life. Attachments. Yes. my family, everything. Yes, yes. That I earn for all this. You know, whatever puts you here is taking care of you. I know, eventually, but... Today? <laughs> now? I know, but I'm... But? But I'm at that collapsing time because I put so much energy to go on. Yes, yes, okay. So, you know, for your spiritual path, for yourself as a man, for your health, you got to go. And what I'm hearing is that you can't go because you don't know what the outcome will be. You don't know how it will look and you don't know if you'll regret it. So it sounds like the controller wants to be in charge of... It's not just the controller, it's the statistics that we hear. Mm-hmm. And it's if, we, if, we are, if we are out of here, uh-huh. and we say there is a mind, there is thought, and thoughts are foundation for building the building, yes. that what we have been taught yes. to believe, there is a statistic that says when a father leaves their children, there is these consequences, so yes. those are, I yes. think they are real. Sure, right. but when you know about them, you can invest in the relationship right. in a specific way. Right. You won't be able to control the relationship. No, I don't want to control it. Yeah. Diet of controlling, controlling was exactly. So in this jump where you know it's the right decision, you've no option but to take this decision because your body isn't going to cooperate with you staying at home. You've no option. So it's bringing up fear of what's going to happen and knowing that there will be some damage. Yeah, it's the fear of losing everything. Yes. It's the fear of being. Yes. Being uh, judged by uh, your closest, yes. closest, your this son, is, daughter but, and family. So but this is what's being asked of you on your spiritual path now. Life. Yeah. But this is what's being asked of you. This is the level of surrender that's being asked of you. That's what the spiritual path, that's what it manifests, huh? It makes you just let go of everything. But to I surrender. Did, uh, but I, but I, did, did, I thought the total surrender is to surrender to the condition that you are in and not change it. Okay. That worked for a while. (laughs) It did work for a while. And now it's a surrender at a deeper level. It's dropping everything that, that, that you've established, walking out of it and reorganizing things to make the best of what you can, of the next phase. But if you're going to deny the knowing that you have to leave, the surrender has stopped. Your mind is saying, oh, I'm surrendering to this situation because that's where I am, and I'm not surrendering to this inner knowing where I will grow deeper. You grow deeper by leaving because it's going to bring up all kinds of fear and ah. There's growth there, huh? This 
This is the jumping off the cliff that happens to most of us. Mm. It's a wonderful opportunity. It's a blessing. I know it's not jumping in a cold water. You just need to jump. You just need to jump. You just need to jump. And in the jumping, you know, it's different if, it, it's not like you, it's not like you just woke up one morning and said, I think I've had enough of this relationship. You know, it, it, you've worked through this in every way you can and now it's finished. It's finished. You know, because it's, it's damaging you to stay there. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I think I'm going here and I think there is still some thread of leaving here that says, you can make it work, maybe. Even though it failed a hundred times before. I don't feel, I don't feel guilty at all because I've done everything I was supposed to do. I tried everything I was supposed to do. Yes. Done, do, been there, done that. Yes. So and it I doesn't don't feel work. guilty about that. But I don't know what the, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is, is the right decision for the case. But yet you, every part of your being is saying it's the right decision. It's the condition, yes, but it's the condition, belief system that I had. Yes. I have to... Walk away from that. Right. Correct. It's not easy. That's right. It's like the, 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 the woman who really thought a saintly life was, was what to go for. Walking away from everything you know. It's normal. It, most of us have to do it. It's okay. And it always yields a serious amount of learning. It's all right. You see, our religions and those structures are really useful for giving us a code of behaviour and some way of kind of organising, guiding us to live in this very diverse world. But we mature out of it. Those guidelines end up just being conditioning. They finish their, their use, usefulness and they end up being just a load of conditioning that we have to transcend. Some can transcend it and stay in the relationship and some can't. But following that inner knowing, that's your guide, that's your guru. That inner knowing of what the right decision is. But the conditioning that wants you to stay stuck because it's ego-based is going to shout very loud. One thing we can do is when you know, and you said you've tried a hundred times different ways to try and make this work, let there be an acceptance that it, it's not fixable. It's just not fixable. Because something is not accepting that it's all over for you. Because you're wondering, maybe I could make it work. Maybe there's another way I could do it. Maybe, maybe. You can do that forever and while your body fails in the meantime. Or you can see what, what clearly what you're saying. And what you're saying is you're this close to accepting that it's over. This close. And then knowing that it's over, something will go, oh, it's the end of that phase. But why does it feel like I'm going through hell? Because you're clinging. And you're in a place that doesn't support you. But you're clinging on to the idea that it must work. So, so the idea of hell and heaven, 
has to go out. Yes. All the deep dualistic values are being transcended. Huh? There's a great opportunity to transcend the, the right, wrong, good, bad. It should be like this. Heaven and hell, of course. That's all part of that dualistic, the deep opposites, the extreme opposites. And that comes from religion, comes from that depth of conditioning. And it's an opportunity to, whoa, that works for a while, but we grow out of it. We just grow out of it. It's like, as, it's as organic as when you, you know, you were interested in something in your 20s, and you just stop being interested in it. And you're interested in something in your 30s, and you stop being interested in it. Just well, but it's deeper than that, because now you're talking about it's deeper if there's a threat that if you leave, there's a price to pay. It's the same organic falling away from things that don't work from you, for you, but the conditioning is saying there's a high price from walking away from what is right. How come it feels like... Um, it feels almost like dying yes. in a way. Yes. To be celebrated. Yes. It's like a snake losing its skin. The old paradigm, the old you that was following the guidelines that came from at the outside. That's dying. And there is a death. And there will be grieving. Grieving for who you were. Grieving for the life you thought that would last forever. Grieving for the marriage. Even, even if it's got no substance. There will still be a grieving for that relationship. That's normal. It is a death. So you, uh, I go, I go, I go deeper. I go deeper into that, and I feel like um, uh, as the question of who's suffering. Yes. So what? What is the answer to that? Who's suffering now? And I don't find a better person to suffer. Of course, there's nobody there. All right. Now, why, why is that nobody there? Bec there is nobody there. And who, who, who am I? Yes. <laughs> who are you? Tell me, who are you? I'm that. Okay. Where you and I and them come from. Yes. But the idea that I'm you're. I'm not the body, I'm not dead. Correct. I'm not any of this. Correct. But when something is known intellectually, and the physical life is still appearing as more real than the knowledge of who you really are. The greatest tool that the ego can use to keep you stuck is to use spiritual concepts to keep you stuck. So the yeah, exactly. So so mind will oh no, I, I should have no resistance to to this relationship that hurts me. I, it will just grab concepts, spiritual concepts, in order to keep you stuck. You have to work out from where you're at. You need honesty and you need courage. They're your two strong tools. <coughs> but to use a spiritual concept to stay where you are, you get sick. You have to work out with what's presenting as real. When I get there, how do I resolve all of that in 
Yes, the, the phenomenal you is where this work is, and so. Where do I resolve all of that in me? Wow. If you take the step that's being shown to you, and if you have to pray for courage, then pray for courage. But if you take the step that's being shown to you, and let the outcome be the responsibility of God, the universe, energy, destiny, but hand over the responsibility of the outcome and take the step that's in front of you, resolution will come. So I keep doing what I think is the right thing to do, and eventually I get to a point that it will take care of itself. It does take care of itself if you'd follow the right thing to do in terms of the internal knowing, not the, cons the spiritual right, concept. Right, right. I have to be truthful to what I... You have to. If that's talking to you and that's then, giving you direction, you have no choice but to follow it. So I follow that and whatever consequence yes. is, yes. you take care of itself. Yeah, and you, you will do your best to minimize damage. Of course you will. It's natural to take care of your family. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah, you will. You'll move to take care and to explain and to give them extra time. And of course you're going to do this, to, to manage the transition for them. Of course you will. But yes, your life is being surrendered. It's like it's being taken from you. It's like, I have that now, thanks very much. And you're saying, the time isn't right, I've got two teenagers. And it's like, uh-uh, I'm taking it from you now. So you can give your life and let the body live on, or the whole lot will be taken. Taken anyway. It's being taken anyway. <laughs> so that's where we go when we say there is nobody there and there is only one and it's all the same. There is no there is nobody. Um how do you mean that's where we go when we say that? How do you, how do there is nobody, there is there is no me, there is no you. There isn't, but you have to figure that out for yourself. You have to find that. You see, when life is making you do something and it feels uncomfortable, that's what to focus on. Bringing in spiritual concepts ain't going to help right now. It'll come in again and it'll be useful, but it's no, of no use right now. Because it's, we will only focus on, but there is no body and none of this is real. That's avoidance of this big thing that's in front of you. It's actually not a big thing. It's just a big thing from this side of the fence. You just need some courage to take a step. You know? And then the spiritual concepts will start making more sense. But right now you've got to honor what's playing. What's playing is that your, your life, as you know it, has been taken. You might have to trust it. That the process knows what it's doing. And it does. Of course it does. <clears throat> but we can't see the full picture because the limitations are in our mind. That's basically giving up everything. Correct. 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 And when the fear arises, what do I do? What do I do when the fear Okay, arises? there's fear there. Okay, there's fear there, and I'm just going to have to trust that whatever word you have for God or the divine energy or, or the movement of the evolution of your consciousness, you find, what word are you comfortable with? What do you mean? Like, mm, like when I say whatever puts you here is taking care of it. Whatever that is. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, different names, same thing. Different names, same thing, right. exactly. 
You're going to have to trust that, that it has more wisdom. I know that. I know that. Yeah. And so when the fear comes, it's like, this is your baby. I'll go through this, I'll process this, I'll keep on walking. But you've got to mop up the mess here. And that actually helps. Because then you're just dealing with fear. You're not trying to, like, minimize the damage and control the outcome. Because the fear will get bigger and will hit overwhelm and you'll be blocked and stagnant and not able to move. So I face the fear and do it anyway. Face the fear and do it anyway and say, okay, something else knows what's going on here. Something else is going to have to take care of the outcome. I can't go there. All I can do is feel the fear and take the step in front of me. And if I feel very selfish in that moment? Of course, the conditioning will tell you that you're being selfish. Right. Yes, that's the conditioning. And say, I hear you, but I have no option here. I have no option here. And you don't have an option. Mm-hmm. Right? You've tried everything. You're, you're... So what happens, what's the worst thing that happens if I don't do this in terms of spirituality? You'll have another shot of another life. (laughs) 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 Thank you. (laughs) If you really had enough, you'll do what you know you have to do. If you really have had enough. You know, there's a monastic community that, ha- that they do their walking meditation at night and they have little candles that are placed on the top of their shoe. So each shoe has a little candle and that's the only light. And so if you're doing this as a nighttime meditation and the only thing you can see is where you put your foot and you can't see beyond where the little bit of light from that tiny candle is, and you put your next foot. And the training is you take one step at a time and be okay with only being able to see what is around you immediately. No long-term view at all. And it's a way of training their mind to just take the step that's in front of you. You do not need to see the rest. And in terms of the practicality of it, when we take these steps, every step you take, it has a consequences. How do you deal with those consequences? Every step has those consequences, so you just deal with those consequences. Not all of them will come together. Not all of them will come together. In so, a spiritual way? In a spiritual... You, can, you, you will find that you won't be able to fix everything. And allowing, allowing the universe to pick up pieces, allowing other supports to come in, allowing things that you haven't even thought about to come in to support the transition for everybody. This will happen. Whereas if you, if you feel that you have to kind of take care of everything, you're bringing the old pattern with you. So I just get, get focused on... Get focused and say, okay, what I need to do here is mind my two girls, my two teenagers. I don't know, are they girls? Yeah, okay. So to focus on sustaining and the relationship with them and bringing them into the transition. This has to be your priority. Because no, they're yeah, young. But I think you very That's the conditioning talking. It will do that. It's more selfish if you die. 
or selfish if you're, if you're sick. You know? You're going to do what you're going to do. All I can do is show you back what you're telling me. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. You know? So between today and tomorrow, I know you, you play, we playing here. Yes. You are the teacher, I'm going to be the bad student, and I'm going to yes. drive you crazy That's this all weekend. Right. Take an awful lot to drive this one crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as I go through these motions and feelings, I'm going to yes. tell you what happens. Yes, good. Here. Yes. Yes. Right. Last night was like two hours of torture and sleep, and I don't know. Uh-huh. It was like a horror movie, yeah. and I was screaming, and nothing was helping out. Yes. So I woke up with my own scream. That's a good thing, huh? Yes, that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, you're very Thank you for being here. I feel so blessed. So in that way, I love you. Thank you. Well, hi. Hi. I'm Tom. Hi. That guy's me. Ah. Um, for the, for, for the all uh, practical purposes. Um, seems like um, <clears throat> like my life's been crumbling. Uh, financially and uh, with the marriage. Someone I've been <clears throat> Sorry, I can't hear you. Someone I've been with for 34 years. Okay, and um, I think about four or five weeks ago now, it wasn't on the calendar to-do list, but when I was cooking dinner, uh, just had the most um, open and honest conversation I had with my wife that went on for about four and a half hours. And um, it ended up being a very sweet evening in spite of everything I was saying, which is I need to be out of the relationship. And... Um, it's an interesting situation because there's nothing <coughs> it's okay, take your time, just breathe breathe let the emotion come out of the breath there's a um, There's no hate in a relationship. There's nothing but love. But I'm drawn to something else. And the night we had that talk, it was very sweet. Since then, it's not been so sweet. <laughs> it's been a lot of thoughts and stories and that have gone on since then. I've woken up some mornings and 
I'm going, what the, what did I, what did I just do? Um, she's hurt, a lot of anger sometimes. And then some mornings we get up like nothing happened. Mm. And then I start thinking, well, what I've got's not really that bad. <laughs> um, it's comfortable, it's secure, and it's completely not fulfilling me. And um, the situation, you know, that this gentleman's been in, you know, is, is very similar, you know. But, you know, a 34-year history, and I just, every time we have continuing conversations, he goes, but what do you want to do? And I said, well, nothing's changed. And it's like, I don't even know where that's coming from because I don't have the strength personally to even get that out of my mouth. But it keeps coming out of my mouth. And um, I'm not sure that I'm not deluding myself completely. Mm -hmm. There's sort of another woman involved. Mm -hmm. There is no affair going on. Okay. There's just an, an attraction that I've never had before, yeah. but it's, um, what's happening in my relationship is not because of this person, yes. something sort of similar happened about three years ago, and somehow it, it blew over, and um, we stayed together, and um, I got back into the role that I'm most comfortable doing which is fulfilling my obligations. Um, I had someone, another teacher, and tell me, you know, you can follow your bliss or fulfill your obligations, and it turned out that I ended up following my obligations. I'm, I'm hardwired almost for that. Okay. 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 And um, when I look at the, the devastation, <laughs> When I look at what I'm doing to another person, it makes me wonder. So, although in, in, in my heart of hearts, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm being truthful to myself, um, you know, I certainly have my doubts. And uh, the doubts are usually stories and thoughts. And, and, and fear, there's certainly fear. It's like, Jesus, I mean, um, it take a, you know, a, some universal in, uh, divine intervention to have it work out in such a fashion that it would be um, reasonable for us to do that without causing physical suffering, you know, that type of a thing. But um, I don't know. It's, it's like then every time I end up putting on some uh, CD or tape about anything, as it seems to be addressing my situation. It all keeps seem to keep me pushing, moving forward with the situation. And you know, what's the chances of coming here and having this fellow come up with uh, my story? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just blows me away. Mm -hmm. But um, when I'm not confused, I'm very clear what to do. But it's um, but uh, I have a lot of confusion a lot of the time, mm -hmm. and it's um, highly emo uh, emotional and. Um, it's not my intent to want to be hurting anybody. Yes. Yes. Is there an idea that another, a different relationship might fulfill you? Well, 
I know better to know that um, I don't go about my life. I'm not. I've not been going about my life looking for other relationships. Yeah. And I'm pretty clear that there's no other thing out there. Okay. Be it a person or moving someplace or having a trillion dollars yeah. that's really going to make a big difference in oh. terms of what my life's about. Okay. Um, I think my life would be different with another person. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, I think with other people it could be more compatible in certain areas in, of my life. Yes. More synergistic. Okay. okay. I think if that answers the question. It does. It's like what I'm hearing is that you, th there's an idea that a different scenario can add qualities that you don't have now. Yes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But that's still the external world yes. in some way could make me happier. Probably so. It won't work. Yeah. Okay. It'll work for a while, just like this one worked for a while. Mm -hmm. But people are drawn together. Sure, that's chemistry and that's all these things and, and you know, we can, we can follow all of that but, but the ultimate learning is that a relationship will never be good enough. Yes. It will always fall short, it has to. And you can learn that now in this relationship or you can move into another one and learn that. But the lesson will be learned that a relationship will offer temporary fulfilment. It would be a new distraction because there's something new and fresh right. and, and exciting in something that's in getting to know somebody. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. But that fades unless you want to go from person to person to person. Right. You see? Yes. Because fundamentally the wiring that's behind this is that something outside of me can add a bit of spice that I don't have anymore. Mm -hmm. It can't. It can add it for a little while, but it will taste bitter very quickly. Okay. So, if we look at it from a spiritual perspective, the highest learning you can do is to say, actually, this is as good as it gets. This relationship is as good as it gets. Yes, my mind wanders and it plays with the idea of, gosh, the freshness of meeting somebody new. That option is there. But of course, there's, there'll be huge collateral. Of course. Of course. Is it worth it? From what you're saying, I don't hear that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's like it's going to give you distraction, it's going to give you those, that newness, that freshness, those qualities, it's going to expand your life, but it's going to just give you an experiential phase of where you, you know, new experiences have been had. That's all it's going to give you. Is it going to rock your boat long term? Not at all. Mm -hmm. Is it going to really fulfill you? Can't do. The outside world can't offer that. Can't. So what to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's an interesting thing because um, you know the rational part of my mind, you know, looked at it. Mm. Like I said, this isn't something that was new. Mm -hmm. This is something that has yeah. come up again. Yeah. How we stayed together three years ago, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really don't. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, It 
in many respects, there's a great deal of incompatibility, you know, with, with my wife. Yes. And um, a feeling of almost, I, I think it's almost a subtle quality of resentment that builds up over the decades. You know, it's yes, like, yes. I, although I wasn't thinking of that as the decades were, 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 were yeah. being ticked off, yeah. uh, it's like when you kind of look back, you kind of go, geez. You know, I missed all this because of staying with you. You know, and that's, I think, sort of the emotional response, I think. Yes. And, um, well, I guess I still wouldn't know what to do with that whole situation. That part's not going to change. You can accept somebody. I don't want her to change. But, um, What about you changing then? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've done a lot of changing in recent years. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't, I don't, um, and it's up again. It's up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's confusing. It it is and it isn't. Okay, so something in your wiring still imagines that the outside world can offer you something. Opportunity at least. Sure. Okay, that's the problem. Okay. Now you can do two things. You can see that as a wiring and just drop it and nip it when your mind is off wandering and fantasizing or doing whatever. It's normal. But if you know that that's just my mind now and I can play on that fantasy and I can make it bigger or I can just say, yeah, that's mine. Do you know what? And it's just, I'm not going there. It's not worth it because I know it's just fantasy land. If you can get object, objective and see that those games of mind are just to keep you in suffering actually just to go around the wheel again go into something that will ultimately you'll discover is unfulfilling mm-hmm. that's all that's happening okay if you can see that now and i would invite you to see that that's the pattern now mm-hmm. if you can't see it now you'll end up doing what you're doing and probably leaving you know in order to discover something that's in front of you right now whether or not you're ready to see it right now, that's the question. Can you see that it's just experience and it's just fun for a while and it leads nowhere? Well, or do you a, really a, need to experience that? A part of me sees that, but I, I'm telling you, I've not been wired my life to be out there looking for other people. I haven't been doing that. Um, yeah. um, that's do, you, do you need to do it now? Is there something that you bypassed? Maybe. It's, it's, if this other woman never showed up or disappears, which I think is probably more likely than not, then the situation in my current situation would be exactly as it's been. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, this is, this is like a story that's been going on for a while now. You know, get involved in a, in a Sangha spiritual community about seven years ago. And I didn't get involved to get enlightened or learn Advaita or to meet people. I did it to get the hell out of the house. Yes. <laughs> okay. And um, in the process of that, <laughs> in the process of that, I started having real connections with real people, men, women, young, old, didn't matter, really didn't, that I didn't have at home. And there's certainly a part of me that's saying, I want that. And I want that in, 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 with the person I'm living with. And, and it's, just, it's not there. And I don't think it's ever going to be there. Not, not, not that way. We have a connection of, of different sorts. So, I can choose, if I have a choice, to stay in, in, the, in the current situation and sort of like, uh, you know, um, just, uh, what would be the British saying, stiff up or lip and just move forward, right? Um, uh, <laughs> see, there's a huge part of me that's, that's getting to the point where I'm even thinking of leaving the marriage. It's like massive amount of growth because I've never been willing to do that before. I've been so tied into the um, you know, fulfill your obligation story. And to be able to break, break free from that was like um, appear to be movement, a lot of movement. So, um, going back to what you were saying, do I need to just go have an experience? I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it's about. But I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, there's, there's, excitement and titillation and all that sort of stuff, but it's, but, but I'm aware of that. Okay. I'm aware of that. Okay. And, um, like I said, if this other person disappeared, and I'm sitting there once again, going, well, would I be willing to be out of my relationship and by myself? Mm -hmm. The answer that I come up with is, Yes. Um, fearfully so. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that's just where I'm at, I guess. I just... Uh, I feel like I'm at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. I, good grief, I can't even imagine my wife wanting to stay with me now. I mean, it's not that I've said horrible things, I just told the truth, which is hurtful. Sure. Um, who would want to be with somebody that doesn't want to be with you? You know, that, yes. would, that would be her position, and rightfully so. Yes. But the... Um, I think, you know, you know this, this, I thought I'd made a commitment to myself, you know, and it's like that the most important thing in my life is, is the pursuit of truth with the capital T. 
That's first. Everything else would be would follow. Okay. Um, I thought I was heading in that direction. Um, but I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. I would hate to think of myself as being so shallow as just to be chasing some titillation for a while. I mean, I just, it doesn't seem like it's something I'm wired up to be yes. as a guy. I'm real different from most guys in that respect. Yes. So. Yes. So what should I do? what's the best way for me to achieve clarity for myself with this whole thing Mm. drop every expectation that you have on a relationship don't expect anything from your relationship any relationship any relationship don't expect anything if you need intimacy you know not sexual intimacy but intimacy it doesn't matter if it comes from the sangha or if it comes from your wife. It, it doesn't matter. Manage your own needs and they can come, the answer, the resolution for your needs can come from a variety of different places. And have no expectations at all on what should come from your marriage. None at all. Oh, gosh. I don't know how you do that. Ah. I mean, I really don't. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, there's a learning curve. Everybody, it's, it's like, why would anyone ever get together or, or break up then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because like this gent, he, he knows something is crumbling. That he has no option but to leave. He has no option. He's got every reason to stay because all of the conditioning is saying, you stay, you make it work. This is your... This is your life. This is what you have to do. There will be damage if you do it. But something is saying, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go. But I so, feel that way. It's a completely different scenario. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you get it? Completely. Yeah. Completely. Oh, it's another girl. It's, oh, it's another truth. girl. <laughs> oh, it's truth here that has, it pulls me. Oh, it's another girl or another experience, blah, blah, blah. The other girl is an afterthought, I'm telling you. It really is. <laughs> Because there's an idea that fulfillment, some kind of ease or fulfillment, should come from a relationship. One would hope. I mean, <laughs> this is this is this has you caught. This belief is the problem. This is the problem. An expectation that something in life, i.e., a relationship, can fulfill you, can bring you to a place where your needs are satisfied. Expect nothing from your marriage, nothing. And be pleasantly surprised by what it brings you. Wow. I have to mull that over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a huge amount to be learned by staying and by leaving. You will be exactly where you are when some time passes. Mm. Wow. You might need to do that, but there's a short circuit. Mm-hmm. The short circuit is have absolutely no expectation on your marriage. Learn how to love unconditionally mm-hmm. and figure out what your needs are and where you can get them resolved. Your basic human needs, like connectedness, that kind of stuff, not, not, not the fantasy needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you.
I don't really have a specific question, but I do have a sort of non-specific question. Um, Where to begin? I've spent many hours with you on video and CD and so on. I mean, like sometimes hours and hours for days, day after day, for for months on end. Um, maybe five or six months listening to you for three or four hours every day. I just, I just couldn't not. Yeah. I just couldn't not. Yeah. And after about five or six months, I began to think, well, this by now should be in here. Why do I keep needing to go to Jack? To that's here. Yes. So I intentionally tried to not yes. go to you so quite so much, yes. and less and less, and I wasn't able. So more recently, in the last few months, I've gone back to listening, but not as much, not like three or four hours a day, okay. just like maybe an hour every day touching, yes. because I found that in the months that I wasn't, listening to you after having listened to you for so many months, daily, week after month, something had deeply gone in Uh and was living here. And I hadn't realized when I was listening to you every day. So now it's sometimes enough to touch in for half an hour or an hour. But when I say it's enough, it isn't enough because then I get so caught up in the eye so quickly, and then I see it. I tell myself, well, ah, I suddenly said, that's just a thought. And I know that's just a thought, but the emotion is turning and churning. And, and it seems after those months of when I was working with you, the um, the charge, the emotional charge, is even stronger than before. And I think part of the charge is that I see, I won't say I see immediately, sometimes it's after I think, oh my God, I got completely lost. But when I see that, there's a lot of pain, because I think, well, this is getting worse. Is it possible that it gets worse? In a a way, it's not worse because there's there's this knowing in here that this is all just a... Yeah. 
and that's very solid. Great. But the emotion is so strong. Hmm. Um, sometimes it comes up in the middle of the night, just some silly little bark. And I have a lot of nights that I don't sleep for hours and hours. And sometimes that's when the deepest understandings come. Like last night, I was very much with you. And first there were sort of like insights, and then it just got to like a point, and there was no nothing. And it just stayed there. Yes. And that happens not very often in the day, but sometimes in these hours of staying awake at night, just there's these great insights or whatever, yes. you know, but they're thoughts. Yes. They're, they're really thoughts. And then it will just, then it'll just be, oh, I don't know whether it's a coming to a point or yes. a nothingness. Yes. And it just stays there. Yes. But the the intense emotions, it's it's hard for me and it's hard for my partner. Sure. Every emotion, or is there a classic one or two that keep coming up with such power? There's certain ones that are sort of habitual, like there's a move, more than one or two, but certain ones that... Certain about the ones that are grooves. What's, what's the cycle that you could get caught in? You mean specifically what... Yeah. Tell a story. Exactly. Okay, well, I was a singer, and... for quite a few years, and then... but not that many years, because I got very sick. And that was 33 years ago. And I'm still, whatever it is, I still have this condition, so I can't sing. And music is so important mm -hmm. to me. And now my partner, who wasn't a musician when I met him, now he's become a musician and he's starting, played his first gig about a week ago. And to my horror, there's so much pain as well as the joy that he's, mm. I know what that's like, mm. to feel the joy of creating music. But, and I, I know this is some, somewhere where I'm stuck in this thing. I know it's not real. I know there's yeah. nothing, yeah. there's nothing real that yeah. this is based on. Yeah. I don't want him to not do it. I yeah. want to see through see this. Through. Thing. So tell me about the pain that comes as a result of him. What's the loop between him becoming a musician and it causing pain? What's the sequence of thoughts there? I think there's a lot of guilt in me for being sick and not being able to do what I whatever I'm here to do. I mean, people are in this world to do something, and I'm basically sitting at home. Okay. Listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's guilt in there somewhere. Okay. And feeling like somehow it's, it's my fault. 
I'm not very clear about what what's going on. It's somewhere that I can't see it. My mother was a singer. I don't know why I'm saying that. So I think that has some that's in there somewhere. And did she sing all her life or what happened to her career? When I was born she just stopped. Ah. And I took off, took off from there. Hmm. Has your mind worked out any kind of a guilt that it's in some way you were responsible for her stopping her career? Did you, have you ever? Do you mess with that one? I didn't know until okay. kind of. Okay. I was after my career. Perfect. So there's no linkage there. No. Okay. No. Okay. Good. Okay. So maybe maybe there is no purpose. For my for yeah, life, for the existence right. of this right. form. Right. That's what I keep telling myself. You uh -huh. don't have to do anything. You could just sit, like Ramana did yes. for years. You don't. But there's something, something stuck. Yes, something stuck. Yeah. You need to go out in the world, and what do you? This is this is something that I'm making myself sick with some psychosomatic thing. Okay. I mean, this is not directly linked to the to the music thing. Okay. It is to my whatever this I recently got a diagnosis about three weeks ago. Okay. I know there are layers of things. Okay. Maybe my well, there isn't a purpose. But what's happening now is that I am life is having me at home. I I can go out in the garden, we have an acre of land, and we have a dog and two cats mm. that I just adore, and mm. I spend a lot of time just just being with them in such a, that's such a gift to be mm. with them. So really, my life is quite full of beauty and love. Yes. There's this thought, not really conscious, because when it comes up consciously, I immediately see right through it, but somewhere yes. here there's this idea that I should be in the world doing something, singing, singing, if that's my gift, I don't have much other to contribute. Um, I should be contributing to this planet. There's a very strong belief there. Maybe yeah, the planet doesn't need a contribution from you. <laughs> Maybe it's doing fine. Yeah. Right. Because if you know, if we need to contribute to it, then we have to have a belief that in somehow it's not complete without us. Right, right, right. You know, and actually yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. We're kind of quite dispensable. Yeah. I just sort of. I guess the belief is that if I'm here, and it's not a belief, it's something lower down. Yes. That I shouldn't just be sitting around. Yes. But, but yet, the only option of what you think you can do is singing. 
would something else suffice? Would something else be your contribution? Yes. Okay. There could be something else that I could think of. Okay. That's worth a try. Because with this thought, it's not completely clear to me if this thought is actually an indicator to, to, to get you involved again. It's not really clear. It's like, you know, it just could be about having another go at participating in the world. It kind of has that edge of it when you talk about it. Okay. It has that edge. Could there be that mixed in with something deeper? Yes. That I've attached that yes. thought to something. Because yes. I was wanting to sing when I was almost before I could walk. Sure. But I think I've attached something on top of it. Yes. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. My, yeah. I'm getting jitters in my body, which is usually, yes! No, okay, <laughs> when I can't but identify the energy. Okay, all right, so, so it's, if we look at it in terms of the model of karma is very useful, you know, it's very useful whether or not you buy it, but it's a really useful framework um, for, for seeing that if there's a pull to contribute in some way, it, the law of karma is a way of understanding it. Okay, it's like we got to give something back. But you know, the planet is fine without us. But if there is that movement to in some way give something, okay, anything will do. Anything will do. But the mind will say, it has to look like this or it has to. No, no, I, I just feel anything. I mean, anything. cleaning toilets or... Absolutely, absolutely. It's not my first Volunteer in the trip store or the Humane Society yeah, 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 yeah. or anything. Volunteer. Volunteer to do something. To... I don't know, visit an old folks' home and just talk to older people. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Something. Just right. let there be some way of, of doing something where there is no payment at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. There needs yes. to be no payment. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right, that feels good. It does. It does. It's like there's some... There... The fastest way around this is actually to obey the energy and fulfill what it's talking about. Okay. <laughs> do you know... Sometimes we have to do that. We but not singing. I mean, I could sing in an old people's home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't confine yourself to that. Right. You could sing in an old folks' home. For sure you could. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. That would, I think that would answer this yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know what, if this thing that's stuck is, all I feel is the pain. Yeah. And it's really excruciating. Yeah. But, the thoughts, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it and you see that, that yeah, uh, you, but you're so clear, it, it, you're so clear on what you're saying because you know that there's this movement from someplace and then the thoughts are superimposed yeah, yeah. and they've tried to, they, not quite, they don't quite fit, but... No, no, exactly. They don't, you see? They don't quite fit. Okay, so then we have to look at this movement from underneath yeah. as an independent thing. Right. And pull away What's the ideas. Going What's really? going on, really? Yeah. It quite likely could be that your creativity is blocked and it's using your emotional body to try and... Uh, that is absolutely right. But if my creativity is blocked, yeah. how can I unblock it? By being creative. <laughs> <laughs> Anything will do. Get yourself sheets of 
paper and draw with chalk anything, any expression of that's non-verbal. That's that's yeah. just it's that moves towards beauty. Yeah, moves yeah, towards yeah. beauty. Exactly. That's your exactly. thing. Something must move towards beauty. It is, yeah. Sure, because I mean, it was all it was all about music. No, it all went into to singing. Well, I I tried art. I went okay. to art school, and okay. that was I thought that's what I wanted to do. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so it's art and music and yeah, books. yeah, any kind of creative, any kind, anything, little wide open. Yeah, wide open. Yeah. Dance also. Great. I love to dance, but I yeah, I can't because the body is cooperating too much. I don't know what this body thing is about. Yeah. If you get the, the expression going and in some way align it with the idea of doing something for nothing, that's, that's even more important. Right. Doing something for nothing. That's the deeper one. But your system needs a creative outlet for health and well-being. You just need a creative outlet. I think this is what the pain is about. That I'm, mm-hmm. it's, I feel guilty that I'm not... Letting that out. Letting that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's how the mind is understanding it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's two things, and if you can com- combine the two into one, fantastic. Which? The, the payback, working for nothing. Oh, right, right. And let it and be the, creative okay. if you can. Yes. Let it be creative. If it needs to be just working in a thrift store, fine. But if it's to be creative and singing an old folks home, fantastic. Or teaching all the people how to draw, or anything. Right. Yeah. Whatever yeah. they. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Just to allow yourself to express. Yeah. If you can combine the two of them together, I think I think something will start to flow and align itself a little bit. Right. And it's really about maintaining the creative expression, which is what makes you feel well. Mm-hmm. But also, there's some karmic thing here that needs to be sorted. You have right. two things. There's a karmic thing, which is, what do you do about a karmic thing? You do, just get on your bike and pay it back. Mm-hmm. Do you know, if there's a karmic loop running, right, right. do it, yeah. resolve it, resolve it. And the easiest way is to meet karma with the resolution of karma. Do whatever it, whatever it needs. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I've sat with people who've really said, but it's only karma and I've got to dissolve it. And it's like, if karma is energetically in your gut and you know something needs to happen yeah. your head ain't gonna bypass it oh, you can't use a spiritual it. concept to dissolve it right. if there's the exactly. feeling of payback needs to happen well then payback mm. meet it with the, okay. with the, the same energy yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that way it's, we balance things out you know right. freeze things up yes. you know thank you thank you <laughs> uh-huh one, two, okay. Hi. So, um, uh, I have a question about uh, sort of meditation practice, and um, I guess I've described it as the fallout from that. Uh, so there's really great fallout, you know, in terms of uh, I'm doing sort of this um, self-inquiry practice and, um, you know, the, sort of the way I have languished that internally is it's uh, 
an awareness watching awareness practice. So it's okay. like, so um, that's what I do. <laughs> I sit and I had, um, one of the results is that it's just, there's peace and, you know, there's mm. very, it's very mm. pleasant. Um, and I'm hearing from you that there's uh-huh. more uh-huh. <laughs> behind and beyond that. Uh-huh. And I believe that too. Um, but I definitely enjoy and benefit just from yeah. that sitting and maybe I'm making myself more available for some kind of grace mm. or something like that. Um, so that's the good fallout. But there's also this sort of like, um, uh, I don't know, it, there's almost like this dichotomy of this wonderful part of my life and then the rest of my life. And ah. I, I sort of have like this sort of like judgment now about the rest of my life and it's starting to put me in a place of, you know, I'm so like drawn to this meditation practice that I'm starting to feel more withdrawn in the world and you know in my professional life and my relationships and that and so uh, you know I, I mean I I don't know there's almost like an aversion to it somehow it's almost like I just want to quit and go meditate for, oh, you know or something uh, like that uh-huh. but that doesn't you know, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too afraid to do that. Frankly, sure. you know, I, okay. I've considered that, but I just, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think it would be good for me to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess I'm just wondering. Um, I don't know if I'm like having some sort of maybe I need some kind of counseling. Maybe I have some kind of pathology about my being withdrawn from the world. I've, I've had that tendency anyway. I suppose, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just looking for some guidance about like uh, managing my uh, the, the the contrast that I have between these two worlds. Yes. That yes. one of them just seems really promising and nourishing, and the other one is just seems really like dry and it's like I don't really care anymore. Almost, it's really yeah. getting. It's getting to a point where I'm becoming concerned about my, you know, my expression and that. Yes. And I too want to do, you know, I mean, I feel like this may be wrong and I know the world doesn't, the, you know, the earth doesn't need this, but, you know, I, I kind of enjoy making a contribution yeah. here and there when I can. So, sure. Sure. Um, but I just feel like I'm kind of, have packed it in or not not packed it in but you know heading in that direction so meditation is a huge contribution it's a huge contribution that's for sure well yeah (laughs) you know it's just so you know you know even scientists have proven crime rate goes down when there's a meditation in the area i mean there's huge huge evidence on every level that being a meditator is a huge contribution. So you've contribution covered. Okay. <laughs> okay, if you want to do more, that's fine, but you're actually doing something. It doesn't seem that way to me, though, because mm. of my disengagement in the world. It yes. somehow feels like... I mean, I would say that I'm not performing as well in, at work, yeah. you know, yeah. honestly. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Okay, so meditation brings the mind inward. 
and when we have set up a world which demanded our mind to be outward turned and engaged and participating totally. yeah. and when that was our pattern and then it, you know we do this this 180 turn and we start to go in and the inside world it's like we don't have the capacity to be fully out and fully in you're like inside out you see because the direction is going in and so something of course is going to pull back instead of being in the center it's like you turn, end up to being the outside of the group and then fading away into the walls, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it's normal. It's absolutely normal. What some people do is that they, they take, mm, okay, actually. I, I react with okay. fear to that. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, honest, I mean, ah. it's almost like I'm wanting to not do my practice so much now because ah. I feel like... Uh, like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose that other life that I have. That's my support, you know, that's my pay my bills. And, yes. You know, uh, yes. You know, there's my friends and my colleagues okay. and stuff like that. You okay, know. let's play with this for a minute. What would be so awful about disconnecting with the, from the world? Uh, that seems to be the, the way that my mind seems to be going in that direction. That, yes. You know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Maybe I would do fine in some kind of a ashram or monastery or something like that. You might and you mightn't. Yeah. But what, I, would, be the, what would be the loss? Um, or the perceived loss right now? Well, I have fear around money and retirement and things like that. You know, yeah. just thinking in the far future okay. and okay. Um, you know uh, friends and uh, my family will probably think I'm gone off the deep end yes um, they might think that already <laughs> <laughs> no my family uh, my direct family is pretty okay. um, most of them are pretty aware and accepting of what I'm I doing, doing great, great. but like if I was to go somewhere else, yes. you know, that might be ways, you know, that okay. might be, okay. I, I guess that one's not so bad though. I don't know. I, um, yeah, I guess, I, I think it might be just, I have a fear of losing a lifestyle that I have that yes. Um, yes. which includes relationships and yes. status and okay. you know okay. and to I'm afraid if I just check out you know uh -huh. the bank account's going to go yes. the friends are going to go so let's imagine that that's all taken that what's asked of you is your lifestyle um, well <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be homeless or camping or. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Would would you if like God came down tomorrow and said I want your lifestyle, would you give it or would you just, would you just say no? <laughs> um... If that was the price, hmm. I think I'd give it. I think I would give it. Yeah. Okay. I think I'd be up for that. All right. <laughs> okay. But I, 
you know, but yes, I, uh, okay. you know, right. I'm up for it. I, okay. I can feel that. Yeah. All right. Well done. <laughs> it's still, it's okay. but it doesn't like, that's, yeah, that's not how it shows up in this moment. That's how it occurs to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just remember that, you know, it's like, if that's what you want, you know, if I put a note beside your bed, you know, if you want my lifestyle, you can have it. <laughs> Okay, because what it's what it's useful to do is to is to negate the threat of losing the outside world, because it's the threat of what will change, is what actually is, is has you caught. Whereas if you're like, if you need to take this, you can take this, and if you absolutely are comfortable with that, there would be no attachment to the outside world. If there is no attachment, God doesn't care if your lifestyle comes along with you or not. Grace doesn't care. But if you're attached to it, it can be taken from you. So what we want to, what need to work with is the attachment to the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay? I notice that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's the attachment that's causing the pain here. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, I, you know, I'm afraid. I mean, I think about the economy. You know, if I lose this job, I'm never going to be able to come back to this again. If I decide to take this break or... You know, or I decide this job is just too stressful for me to support my mm -hmm. inner explorations and mm -hmm. that. Um, mm -hmm. That's really frightening. That's like, uh, so. But, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I get <laughs> so you've got to work on, like, if yeah. that's what's, what you want from me, you can have it. You've, you've, you've got to have that solid within you. So that those ideas of like, oh my God, what if I have to leave my... None of that will happen if you've no attachment to your job. That story can't crank up. You see? Yeah. All right? Okay. So that's one way of... You just get to the bottom of it. The bottom does have no attachment to it. And if lifestyle has to go, it has to go. That includes my work, my friends, my status, my bank account. If you want it all, you're going to take it all. It's up to you. It's there if you want it. If you have that level, if that's part of your... You start meditation by saying, if that's what you want, you take it. Thank you for it, for as long as it lasts. But if that's what you want, you can have it. If you make that as part of your meditation practice, you just have that intent, your attachment to it will disappear. When there is no attachment to the outside world, there isn't such a distance between connecting with the outside world and connecting within. It's when we're sticky to the outside, we feel, oh my God, I, I've got these two personas, I've got this inner world, and then I have to function in the outside world. If there's no attachment to the outside world, it's much easier because you're playing a role. Mm -hmm. You go into work in the morning, it's like, okay, this is me, the professional, on goes that hat, okay. And a role can get played. Yeah. And I do that. It, it seems like it's becoming more of a, there's, there's a lot more, uh, like, anxiety, I would say. Uh, I'm a teacher, you know, so I, I feel, I get nervous in front of kids now. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not ready or something. Like, I'm... Uh, it's really, I don't know, I, I haven't had that thing yeah. come up before. Huh, what's causing that lack of confidence? You think it's as a result of, of going within? I, that, you know, that's what I'm not sure about. I don't hmm. know. Like, okay. I, like I feel um, less interested, maybe? It, okay. less Less caring or something, or less, not, I don't know, just less... Um, and so I, maybe when I felt like I was more like caring, man, we're going to do this really cool thing today in class. Yes. You know, that was like 
you know, I could bring that enthusiasm and energy to the class. Okay. And now it's kind of like, <laughs> I think I'd rather just be at all meditating. Or, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Can you let yourself the, be a different kind of teacher? Um, Can you be one that's more laid back and more... I've been playing with that. I've yeah. been playing with that, yeah. There's, there's been some classes where I had a lot of anxiety before the class and I just kind of just became really calmed somehow and that was just how it had to be yes and the kids were like really like they were really like I don't know what it was you know it wasn't like because I had this idea about myself in front of them being kind of like ebullient and you know just yes. charismatic and all that kind yes. of stuff yes. and but that worked too yes. that calm like you yes, know just being work. like slow methodical calm that worked that yes. was, it was really interesting yes we um, learn more when we're relaxed yeah i i yeah. so Maybe I'll do. I, 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 I have actually noticed and been practicing that Great. a little bit. So Great. I'll. I'll uh, yeah, let yourself be a different yeah. type of teacher. One that's one that supports who you're becoming, because the meditation is kind of coming through your pores. So, so the stillness that you've achieved there needs to permeate into your outside life. You know. Yeah, that's that was what I thought would happen with yeah. this. You know, yeah. it doesn't seem that way now, but maybe. That different way of being. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it's, that sounds good. I think so, and it's not to, to, to like make sure we're grasping onto to your profession. It's just to yeah. It's just not to have such a distance between the persona who's the meditator and the persona who's the t the teacher. Mm -hmm. The dynamic teacher is fading away because that means you have to believe in education, believe in making a difference. Be really interested. all that motivation is dying. <laughs> it's going yeah. to die. Yeah. You know, it's gonna die. Oh my! Because <laughs> it's, it's too far in the world. You're not gonna be able to pull that off. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh. oh, I don't know why that was just really interesting. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You see? So in your relationships, the people who wanted this guy who was like full of life and full of beans, they'll fall away. And it's not that you're going to end up with boring tofu eaters. You know, you, you know it, it, something, something else will happen, you know? Something else will happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. But the profile of your friends might just change a bit. Yeah. But being the dynamic performer, it's like that. Yeah. That, that which believed that that's what who, you, who you were is falling down. It's just falling away. And so letting what organically is evolving has to be the more authentic. It is more authentic. Yes. You see? And so that has to be allowed to shine through. And it will manage fine in the world. There just won't be so much of you out there. 
in yeah. the world. You'll yeah. just be softer. Yeah, yeah. It's tiring to, to have to do that. I've yes. just been... <laughs> yes. I mean, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Life isn't a performance. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, thank you. Sure. <laughs> I just want to throw out there, the kids need that palm or you. Big palm. The world's way Yeah, yeah. But kids, we all learn more when we're relaxed. We take in more. So, so everybody's going to benefit. But the shift is tough huh? when you're in the middle of it. The gentleman in blue, didn't you want to come up? Would you like to come? The mic just got... Stolen or oh, putting new batteries in it is that it? Thank you. Maybe we'll take a cup of tea after this, shall we? Oh my God, the time is flying. We'll have a quick cup of tea after this, or whatever you drink. European things, a cup of tea. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? We we'll have this. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the invitation. My questions kind of arise a little bit from my own practice and somewhat from conversations um, regarding non-dualism with friends and family that sometimes I make the mistake of getting involved in that conversation <laughs> uh -huh. and, and learning. Um, but sometimes it just comes up like, where are you going this weekend? Well, I'm going to see Jack. Well, what does she do? Well. Yeah. It doesn't take long, so. Yeah, yeah. And because of those, though, um, watching other people's reactions, um, there brings up some question about the appropriateness of this teaching for the masses. Mm. Okay, so mm. that's one thing. And then, just a brief background <laughs> on me. In the beginning, um, I'm a very analytical person. Every, think everything to death. Okay, so, so I'd like to ask you three questions, more or less, and I'd like to kind of throw them all out there first so that you can get an idea where I'm coming from and how they're related rather than doing them one at a time. Sure. And the uh, first one involves, um, now I'm going to use these words, uh, for lack of any other, but we have to communicate, yeah. okay. Um, involves the depth of enlightenment, um, levels of knowing, um, in general the journey from beginning to end that most seekers seem to take or embark on this journey uh, with a particular emphasis on the end. In other words, what constitutes the end of the journey. Um, there, there are various stories. One you might be familiar from like a, just an example uh, from a Buddhist tradition. There's like the 10 ox herding pictures. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but anyway, it's seeking the ox, seeing the ox, grasping the ox, taming, taming the ox, riding the ox, and you know that type of thing until the end and then the buddha goes out and 
to the marketplace and helps other people. And I kind of like to relate to your own experiences uh, from what I've gathered by watching your DVDs and your writings. You seem to have a, sort of a similar journey where you started in spiritual studies and moved into healing work. And then there was a, a conference, something dime conference. I forget the exact name of it. Was. That medicine phase, yeah. ayahuasca and, and sanctidami. And then the India phase were six days, just to kind of summarize it. But, mm -hmm. And then eventually now you're out mm -hmm. leading others. So there appears to be kind of a journey. Yeah. And then you had mentioned that this is not a hobby that you can go in and out of. It's 24-7. And one of your other writings talks about um, self-realization uh, is not liberation. Mm -hmm but that a lot of traditions, um, more or less, look at self-realization at kind of the end of the line. Yes. Um, and so there's almost a question, which is part of my question, is sort of that end of the line, um, you know, sort of when is the journey over? And I mean, it's almost like would you ever, at this point, attend a satsang? In other words, is the journey over? Okay, so eventually there's a point where you no longer seek teachers and whatnot. So that's one question, um, <laughs> sort of. I'm, I'll try to make this quick, too. This journey, you know, through... And then transitioning from that question, it's kind of... Um, using yourself as an example, maybe, or whoever, you wake up in the morning, you're fully realized, or however, whatever word you want to use. But nonetheless, this desire arises, you're hungry, you need food, and let's assume that you have to go work a regular job. So Jock is now maybe, I don't know, it, I'm going to use some examples to kind of emphasize the second part of this is you have to go out and be a policeman mm -hmm. or emergency technician mm -hmm. or you're going to be a salesman. I'm trying to use examples that seem to, in order to perform your job, an ego, separate personal self is necessary. In other words, you're actually being paid to identify with that. Mm -hmm. And this question's come up, you know, multiple times. Mm -hmm. And the idea of doing your job, but not identifying with it. Mm -hmm. I guess there's some question there that in some cases, some jobs, is that even possible? Because in essence, mm -hmm. you're almost being paid to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, one other thing you had mentioned, which is kind of that same line, is this idea of <clears throat> thinking mind versus working mind. Mm -hmm. That seems to be a little fuzzy for me, too, because like all concepts, there's a thinking mind concept, yes. there's a working mind concept, yes. and <laughs> as soon as you said that, and I've read it and whatnot, it immediately hit me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, 
that's going to be tough because I don't even want to try and untangle those two concepts. Okay. I mean, I could all, you know, I yeah. could see a lot of difficulties. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. So that's sort of the second leg of the question. Uh -huh. Regardless of your level or where you are on this journey, uh -huh. parkway, totally, uh -huh. in many cases, you still have to go out and function in the world. Yes. It could be any capacity. I'm just using work. Something yes. that I'm trying to uh, yes. give an example that requires yes. you to identify with your ego. Uh -huh. And then transitioning out of that to the third question would be, in Western culture particularly, there's a lot of emphasis on um, self-help books. And the gist of a great many of them is that the problem is your self-image, your self-concept is negative. And the whole book, mm -hmm. and there are thousands of them, mm -hmm all deal with converting that self-image mm -hmm. from a negative one to a positive, mm -hmm. successful. In other words, you know, a lot of people, I'm a loser, I can't do this, they're not performing properly, there's sales, rah-rah uh, meetings, and all these different teachings essentially go from eliminating a lot of the suffering by converting your negative self-image of yes. your ego self yes. to a positive one. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to transition using that into the third mm -hmm. part, which is... Um, um, so you, you sort of have almost a destruction of ego in the brain, but then you have sort of the seeming necessity of ego yes. in dealing with the world. Mm -hmm. Then there's a third sort of leg of it to where um, it's the development of ego, the enjoyment of ego, mm -hmm. and that type of thing. Um, you know, where you're saying, well, if you do something to satisfy the ego, it's going to be temporary, and then you're going to need to do it again. Well, there's this sort of way of thinking, and people actually even sort of know that that's not a problem. Uh, they're not suffering, they're having a great life, they're totally identified with ego, mm -hmm. and if they get bored or, you know, maybe things are okay, but they're getting a little slow, well, I'll just go take a trip or I'll, yes. you know, do whatever. Yes. Maybe they have the time and money, yes. and it's very pleasant, and yes. they really don't ever hit those periods of yes. suffering. Yes. In fact, um, at one of the um, gatherings mm -hmm. here a few mm -hmm. years ago, there was a teacher like you. And one of the questions that came out of the audience that struck me, um, he said, well, it's just an ego. Why make a big deal about it? Mm -hmm. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. And the teacher said, well, you must not be suffering, or you must be having a good life. And he replied, yeah, actually I do. I have no problems. Everything's real nice. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, the teacher said, well, it's all words, so rejoice in your separation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those three aspects, destruction, so, sort of, of ego, mm -hmm. um, necessity of ego, mm -hmm. 
and the other leg, and who cares? Why is it a problem? Let it be, enjoy it, and whatnot. And I can see a certain appeal to that too, mm -hmm. particularly, you know, getting involved in these conversations, I told you, with family and friends. Sure. Um, so, um, those three things sort of sit there for me. I mean, when's the end of the road to where um, this necessity of ego, because to me it seems as much as you'd like to be idealistic and, you know, just don't get identified with it, it still seems that, you know, you're driving along the road and a cop stops you. You can't really talk to him. Well, I'm not. Re no one's driving this car. No <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So those are the three three things. And I guess um, I don't know how I could put where I relate to it is. The last notion is um, a lot of teachers talk about there is no end to thought. They're going to continue to arise for anybody. You know. <laughs> And you just allow them to go through them. Mm -hmm. And where's your question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Arising of thought, All right. regardless of what your my yeah. level of knowing. Okay, and is, are the thoughts believed? No. Okay. Uh, but they they tend to grab attention. All right. And um, sometimes seem worthy of contemplation or okay. whatnot. Which are uh, they believed then? Uh, no. Okay. So do you believe you're your body? No. Do you? And you don't believe your thoughts. And you don't believe your body. Then do you know who you really are? Um, no, in the absolute sense. Yes. In that there is no knowing of who I am. Or, and I guess where you're saying, where you're coming from, for me it's almost um, almost the purpose of teaching and whatnot is the general default state of mind is identification with the ego and all the thoughts. And for you? No, for the masses. Talk about you. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's where it started, okay? And yeah. then, to me... The, you the, know. 
the idea is now the default state of mind is empty okay. and thoughts come from that default rather than emptiness coming from the uh, ego default state of mind. That's to me the switch. In other words, the default state of mind is either the ego yeah. identifying or it's nothing at all in which the ego arises. Okay. Where typically, if the ego is the default state of mind, thoughts of enlightenment or nothingness arise within that. Well, For at you. one time. No, now. You now. Now my default state of mind is empty. Okay. There's nothing so, but so these what thoughts you, arise. Yeah, what pulls you into the analysis of, of stuff and thinking about things in the way that you do? What pull, what's, why is that so attractive? <coughs> um, I think the thoughts are constantly tempting me. They arise. That's why I mentioned thoughts are. Okay. There's no no you, seeming way. Is there way a belief that you're that there is stuff you need to know, or stuff that your your tools of analysis can uh, can deepen your understanding? Or I think I think um, it would be. I would like the um, empty mind to be more. I wish there was a way, even though the thoughts are let go, hopefully most of the time, occasionally, yeah. but I wish I didn't even have to deal with that at all. I wish they would sort of stop. I know they aren't. But okay. somehow they tempt me, or they're interesting. Yes, or, why are they interesting? Um, maybe I can do something. Um, there, maybe there's a policy decision, and it, no one knows quite the answer. And I know it's there, and I, okay, if I take that out and think about it, I can probably come up with a helpful suggestion. Okay. So it draws me in. So but it doesn't help you much. Um, Noble and all as it is, it's a hook. Sure. It's a hook. It, but it, you know, it's like, okay, you, here's this problem no one knows how to solve. If I put some time into it, I can solve it. Maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. There, there, what, what, what questions are unanswered? Um, practical things. Um, what type of insurance policy should I buy out of 50 available? Analyze it, make a decision. Sucks me into thinking about which insurance policy to buy. Um, who to vote for. Um, should we do this politically? Um, okay. My homeowners association is doing something, I'm saying, okay, there's a better way. Okay, so, yeah. So it feels like there must be a belief system running that says when you, when you do lots of research, when you really check things out, then you're going to make the right answer, or the best answer you could. Yes. Okay. You seem to have that ability. All right. So what about being inefficient? And having a, you know, you, did, you didn't choose the right one. Is there a big punishment that goes on in your head if you missed something in your research? Um, well, sometimes I may be punished because I picked the wrong thing and it didn't work out for me. Does that drive you nuts? Or is that, like, is there a punishment in your head? Um, Do you feel like you shouldn't have done that or that you could have avoided that? Or? Or was it just like, hey, I missed that, and it's gone? Um, can be either. 
sometimes uh, no big deal. No one should have, I shouldn't have expected myself to get it perfectly right anyway. It was kind of a guess or my best shot. Okay. Other times it's a little more, uh, I don't want to use the word punishing, but more, yeah. you should have seen that, okay. that type of thing. Could you drop that pattern of pushing yourself under pressure, having expectations on yourself to, to get it right and to be efficient? And to be uh, proficient, um, I, I think economical, so. effective. Can you drop those values? Uh, I pr probably can. That would be wise. <laughs> <laughs> it would be wise because you've got yourself in a loop of where the thoughts are pulling you in because you have a value system that says. If I deal with these thoughts, then I can come up with a better answer. Okay? The belief that the better answer is, it's dualistic because there's a good one and there's a bad one. And you're trying to avoid the weak answer and get the stronger answer. Okay. So there's a value system that says that the most economical or the best possible outcome is important to me. And while that's important to you, those thoughts and all that analysis are going to be very interesting to you. Uh, that's true, um, and I, I, I see what you're saying. I think the uh, almost a prior problem to that is getting sucked into the analysis in the first place, which seems to happen by virtue of these thoughts that can't be stopped coming up and asking almost for analysis. In, in most cases, I let them pass through and just remain centered. They ask but, for analysis, do well, they? <laughs> let me choose my words. <laughs> um, they, uh, it's more attempt, they tempt. Please take me up and analyze. And what's the juice in that for you? Um, I guess the sense of, by doing so, um, there will be a, I don't want to, a, a sort of uh, accomplishment by figuring out, given these choices, can I figure out the best choice? It's okay. almost a challenge, I guess. That right. would be a good way to put it. Okay. And that's why I talked originally about this road to the end. Okay. There's sort of an expectation that at the end, this will no longer be a problem. Okay. Or it can stop being a problem right now. Okay. You, you have to make this one like instantly, not wait until the end, because you've got yourself in a loop. Okay. Okay. And the loop is that the thoughts are attractive, because in some way you you like challenge, and these thoughts don't say please dwell on me. They don't. But. You're still interested in something of the world, which is like an intellectual challenge. You're interested in it. I think that stems from my second question of how do you avoid You just stop it. See it and stop it. Okay. Just say, there we go, I have to get insurance next week. Okay, I can do loads of research, but you know what? I can just do 15 minutes. I'll give myself 15 minutes. Whatever policy I choose, fine. <laughs> it's 
it would be well worth the 300 bucks that you might have paid over the top. Be well worth it. <laughs> well worth it. Well, there are, there are so many, though. <laughs> in, in 15 minutes, there is a limit to how many. Oh, no. I mean, that's just one 15 minutes. Yes, session. correct. There could be another, you know. Yes, um, but if you see the pattern of the challenge, the juice is the same. Okay. It's always the same. Analysis, it's very tempting for you. Yes. That's the problem. Okay. To re and I, that's a good point because the temptation, which I, that's probably the best word, temptation to take up this issue. Yes. Seems to come because these thoughts can't be stopped or, I mean, they're going to rise, but the, I guess the issue is me grabbing yes. certain ones that seem more important juicy for to you. take up the, you know. They're juicy. Now, many I allow to go, just in okay. terms of practice, remain center. Okay, here's more stuff I don't want to think about. I'm just going to remain as I am. Okay, but there is an I who's doing all this. You, you can see that. Yes. When they arise, yes. Okay. Okay. So the thoughts, this whole process is giving rise to an I who's dealing with them or not dealing with them. Agreed. Alright? Now, thoughts happen. For some they don't happen at all. But as long as they're multicolored, the I is there giving them that fantastic temptation rainbow on top of them. Okay. okay, there's candy on top of it, right? There's temptation here. Sure. All right? The eye is already there when the thoughts are attractive. Because they can only be attractive to the eye. Okay. So, saying that it's because you can't stop the thoughts, it's like the thoughts aren't the problem. The one who says he can't stop the thoughts is the problem. Okay. There is an eye in there and we think it's about the thoughts. It's not really about the thoughts. The eye has snuck in and we say the problem is the thoughts. Really? There is an eye in there who likes to deal with these thoughts and these thoughts. These ones, yes. These ones, no. Okay. Right? So I'm doing two things. I'm saying thoughts are all the same. Don't bother going into any of them. Drop the attraction, the stickiness to analysis, to figuring out an answer. Okay. And I... And drop the one who thinks that this, who has these ideas about thoughts. That's the biggest thought of all, the I thought. I guess there's a sense that, the that's why I brought up before, the ability to do a job without getting attached and interact with. I guess there's sort of a belief that in order to function, it's almost forced on you or required in that you have to respond. And as whatever starts to respond, it starts to take on the identity of I responding. So it's, I almost feel forced to become an I to deal with the mundane matters of life. Yeah, no, that's a misunderstanding. Um, that which manages in life is just the character. Right. 
there, that character can be there with a sense of I, or for those who have a deeper awakening, a deeper realization, the sense of I disappears totally. Okay. And the character does it without any sense of individuality oh, there, running there. That's it then. So I'm, I'm uh, thinking the character, in order to exist, requires I. Not that's, at all. That's the problem. So, and that goes back to how does the character function without, the, the, from the, an empty point of view. The, the I was superimposed up on top of the character. Right. And then the I absolutely believes that it is, it is the character. And when you see that the I can be dissolved and was never anything, the character is there doing its thing without the I. That's my hang-up because I see that the, the character is the alternate side to no I. I consider character and I to be one and the same. Yeah, not, and at all. not at all. And I guess my problem is finding how to be a character without being I. The how? Or it, has, you have, it has to show itself. Mm -hmm. has to show itself. So, uh, more or less, an eyeless character yes. is the solution. That's one way to put it. And you can almost see a dichotomy there of an eyeless character. Yes. And so... Mm, it's very clear. There, I don't think it's a dichotomy at all. It's just okay. the, the character, you know, this, the eye jumps on top, of the, on top of the idea of the character, and then the eye is seen, you know what, that has nothing to do with the character. The character just functions. Well, how about the idea of the character? Can you function without the idea of the character? What would function? The character is doing the functioning. The character is doing the functioning. What else would be functioning? Well, okay. You see? So the character does the functioning. It's just like the natural movement of life does the character. Okay. And then you end up not being bothered by it at all because sure, the one who would be bothered about it is just an idea. Being okay. believed into existence and like... I get it, okay. You see? So it's, I've almost been making two characters. Mm -hmm. One I call I and one which mm -hmm. is character without I. Yes. And that's the really confusion. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's a problem. It's all Okay. Okay. Five minute cup of tea? Yes. Great. Right now, everybody else can hear me about that. I wasn't planning on doing that. I thought I was going to talk, talk with you after this. Uh -huh. No, but I, I, I stopped the spot. Can everybody hear me all right? Yeah. Yes. I think you have to get this really close. Yes. Yeah. You're doing it right. A lot of other people go like that. Okay. So, um, well, I took uh, uh, four ceremonies of ayahuasca mm -hmm. uh, last year. Mm -hmm. And three out of the four times, I was experiencing a, a great fear. And I'm not sure what of, you know, but it was there. And it was so intense that I asked somebody to kind of help me, it, it, it be by, by me, because it was almost like I was thinking, it's never going to stop, yes. you know, and uh, it's awful fear. Yes. Um, and now what I find is a year later that some of this is starting to come up again. Without medicine. Without medicine, yeah. Uh -huh. It's almost as if, like, I think with LSD, they have, like, a, they, they can have a recurring thing. Yeah, right. So um, I wasn't asking for it, you know, who, who would? Indeed. You know? um, 
And also that brings up the concept, or the thing about fear, or emotions. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, I thought I heard two different things. One is that uh, to actually uh, go into it, dive into it, and another one is to um, keep, I, uh, um, be the observer of it and just watch it. Yeah. Um, so maybe the, the first part is, or the last part I'm just saying is a little bit easier. <laughs> okay, it depends on where one is on their own journey. If one is observing and allowing an emotion to just pass through, one has to be mature enough to be able to do that. If one has decided to do that because they're scared of letting the emotion take over, that's denial. That's suppression. So the same thing, the same instruction, observe your emotion and let it pass through, can create dysfunction for one and can be freedom for another. So we've got to, you've got to find out where you are with it. Talk to me about emotions in general. How are you around emotions? Uh, it's kind of, it's difficult for me, especially uh, anger. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the hardest. What do you do with anger? Uh, I usually keep it in, uh, and, I, and I try, you know, there are different ways to express it, you know, so uh, I'll, I'll keep it in, and then a little bit later, I will uh, share that, see with the person, if, something, if there's something going on, you know, and try and own it myself, okay. you know, and... Um, yeah, that uh, usually gets resolved that way. Yeah. But right in the moment, it's really hard. I think because it's intense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would it be possible at home? Do you live with people at home? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would it be possible to to tell your nearest and dearest? Don't take it personally. If I if I mm-hmm. you know if, if anger happens, we live in a culture where it's not okay to be angry. And what's really useful is when anger comes up, let it spit out. Let it just dissipate. Mm-hmm. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's when we keep it in and manage it and put it in a place where we know it's more contained, it has grown legs in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Whereas when an emotion comes, it's absolutely valid and makes perfect sense at the time. The intensity usually comes from an idea that we can't just let it rip. There's something there that feels that it's not okay and that we must contain it. Oh, I see. You see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I tipped off my husband on this, like, you know, after the first time that he thought, what's going on with you, girl? You know? I just went, what? What? And he's, God, you know, he said he just, just got really angry at the, the, at the stove. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, in my, my Irish, you know, abusive language, ah, for fuck's sake, this fucking thing ever work, you know, and I, I can do that, you know, very easily, you know. <laughs> Sorry, but we, we, we're quite vulgar in Ireland, it's just commonplace yeah. language, okay? <laughs> so, so this can just like, whoop, out it comes, and he just laughs at it now, and it's fine, it's just like, uh, it's just a, like a sport. It could be a grunt, but it's usually bad language because that's the way we do it in Ireland. Actually, at the whole being weekend, uh, more than a year ago, mm-hmm. um, there was this guy who had the ability to sense whether there was strong emotion or not going yes. on. Yes. And what he'd do is that he would tap pretty hard yeah. right here. Yeah. And he did that with me, and I went, Aha. <laughs> Aha. And I, I, I really didn't know that 
had yes. no idea that was happening, and yes. it, and it uh, freaked everybody out. Yes. yes. I didn't get freaked out. Though. Sure. Ah. But it just happened, you know, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's that's what's totally natural. Specifically, anger. It's like it's a spark, and it comes and it goes, and that's the end of it. The damaging is when we need to control it and bring it to a safe place. It's like, man, it's become something else and it's destroyed part of your body as well in the mm -hmm. meantime. Yeah, so it probably like a fire. Yeah, it's just a spark and then it's turned into a fire if you're containing it. Yeah. You see? Right. So really around anger, set it up that it's okay. I mean, you know, sometimes you just might slam the door of the car or, you know, whack the dash or something and it's gone. It's gone. If it's allowed to just move freely when it pops up. Mm -hmm. You see? How about something like fear? Okay, uh, so for, the fear uh, thing. Uh, for example, uh, there's a fear that I have. There's a fear that I have of the future. You know mm. that uh, it's going to be bleak. I'm going to be, uh, let's see, was it homeless? Uh, you know, I don't have enough money to get by. Yes. That sort of thing. And this, yes. you know, I mean, I'm in a, a situation financially where where that could fairly easily happen. Yes. You know, so. But sure, if it's in your destiny, you might as well just accept it. <laughs> easy, easy for you to say. <laughs> easy for you to say too, if you're willing to accept it. If that's got to happen to you, try as you might, you can't stop it. If it's in your destiny, you might as well say, "Okay, bring it on." <laughs> it's your resistance to it. Not want to be on the street. Uh huh. Now we have desire. Oh, the opposite of. Yeah, I, I do not want this to happen. I want this to happen. I want to be taken care of and to be financially secure so I can retire or I can look after my yeah, health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so drop that desire. What's going to happen is going to happen. Take practical common sense steps as much as you can and then forget about it. Whereas if you have the desire that things should work out this way for me to be, you know, have the rest of my life, if you're going to have that desire, the fear of the opposite is going to get huge. And resistance to the mm -hmm. potential that the negative can happen is going to feed the fear. Yeah. That's going to cripple you. Yeah. That's a total mind loop that's not necessary. You know, it's like uh, a long time ago I was thinking that fear is on the other side of the coin from desire. Yes. Yes. They're very closely linked, all right. So if you look at what your fears are, I bet you'd be able to rationally see that they're absolutely useless emotions. That they're just ideas that the, the energy of fear has grabbed onto. Because, because the emotion of fear will grab onto any concept at all to keep running. Because fear is such a contracted state, it's very potent to create an I because I am fearful. Fear tends to be the one that's really becomes mine. Mm -hmm. You see? And so any idea at all will do because, yeah. because the ego is going to use fear. Yeah. So have a look at the ideas around them and say, well, okay, actually, I, if that happens, you know what? I can't do anything about it. Get looser around it. Because fear is threatening you. It's sending you threats. But they're empty. They're empty. Bring in a bit of practical, logical observation about the stories are that are attached to the emotion. When, when, you, when the fear comes up now, or when it was in the ayahuasca, is there stories attached to it? Or is it just the emotion itself? I think uh, with, the, with the ayahuasca, it was just the emotion itself. Yeah. Because there was, there was no entity. Yeah. You know, or like yeah. the devil or something like that. Yeah. 
It was just a straight on fear. Straight on fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is really weird. I've never felt it before without a story. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm glad that you had that opportunity though to feel the energy of it without a story. Mm-hmm. But now what happens is because the mind isn't under the influence of a of medicine. You know, now you see what mind will do. Let's add a story because this emotion is running. Mm-hmm. So let's give it a story. Let's backtrack a little bit. First of all, we've got to rationalize and see that the story is absolutely based on nothing. Okay? Now then we're left with the emotion. We're back to what the ayahuasca itself presented. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see how mind is just adding on something to try and justify the fear? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what's happening. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Mind, is, mind is trying to place it someplace in my life. Let's make it relative in some way so that I can understand this fear. That's what we do yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to understand the fear. Yes, yeah, you are. I can't. No, not at all. Yeah. It's just an emotion. It's just a charge. Yeah. It's really very interesting. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. That's a good word for it. Yes. Yes. So, can I just, so do I need to, like, uh, jump into the fear? First, peel back the stories. And well, see let's see, this particular, you know, with the ayahuasca. There's no story with it. There's no story with it. That's just, just, just the bold emotion. Yeah, jump into that one then. Mm-hmm. Jump into that one and let it have you. Because if an understanding of that energetic thing we call fear, that contraction, that, you know, it, it completely at a cellular level, every part of you is feeling fear. Let that have you. And feel the fullness of it. Let it get huge. And you discover it's about nothing. It's just a contraction. That's all it is. Actually, actually, about several years ago, I was up in Harbin, Palm Springs, uh, which is, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, it's, it's north of San Francisco, and uh, oh, we're, yes. we're doing a workshop, and uh, uh, I was getting more and more agitated, and finally, I was going to run away, mm-hmm. uh, and so the leaders of it um, actually um, said, why don't you stay tomorrow morning and uh, share what's going on with you? Yeah. So I did, and it was something that was so scary and awful than when I was a kid. And as I was sharing it, um, it all stopped. And yes. there was all, the, and all this uh, adoration was just spilling out of me. Yes. It, it completely stopped, you yes. know, the fear. Yes. Yes. So maybe there's something behind it. There is. It's like... Your, your emotional body needs a little bit of work. Just got to focus it on a little bit. So, so being with fear, as you've done it before, you, you know, you unpacked it. And, and adoration, it's exquisite, no? That that's what turned out underneath that. So the fear that's running now, let it, let it, let it, let it show its fullness and see what's underneath it. See what really, it's like, it's really important that you find a complete understanding of what fear is. Because fear is not to be feared. The idea of fear is, is, is fearful. But fear itself is another thing. And so let fear show itself to you. So that you get an understanding. Yeah. So that there isn't a relationship between you and fear, which is I don't like this and I don't want this and this is fearful, you know, to drop that, but just what, what really is this? What, what is this? 
thing that I call fear. What is it? Come on, I want to know you, I want to feel you, I want to express it. What, what is this? And go right into it and, and get an understanding of what it is. Let it show itself to you. And the last thing is, is that uh, I have this, um, oftentimes I feel lonely. Mm. And loneliness is, I don't think of it as a feeling, but it definitely kind of feels like that. Yes. <laughs> that makes any sense. Yes. Would you say, would you apply the same thing to feeling lonely? Yeah, it's funny. Loneliness is a different thing for different people. It's a funny frequency that is. Yeah, for you, yes, let it get bigger. Mm-hmm. Yes, get a real understanding of what that feeling is, of what it is, without story. You know, I'm lonely because, I'm lonely for. Drop that part. Oh, yeah, oh, I see what you mean. You see? Yeah, yeah. It's not a head exercise. It's like making friends with the emotion, with the feeling. Mm-hmm. With the, the, I feel lonely. That's what we say, yeah. I feel lonely. Yes. What is that? What's the full depth of that? What, what's the power of it? What, what, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what does it do? What, what is it? You know, several years ago, I was driving to LA, uh, and uh, I was feeling quite lonely. And uh, it, actually, the feeling was like there was glass inside of my heart, and the broken glass. Gosh. And I just went in, in mm-hmm. to that, mm-hmm. and it completely stopped. Uh-huh. Just like the thing in Harbin. Yes. And I just felt this oneness with everything. Yes. Which is just the opposite of uh, lonely. Yes, it is indeed. So every time you go into the emotion, it comes out that you get something very sweet, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How beautiful, huh? How beautiful. It's, it's happening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Next. It's <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just five. Is there anybody that feels unresolved that there's something that they... It's just too hot, too burning that they can't leave until tomorrow. Anybody? Everybody's okay? All right. I don't know about you, but this brain is exhausted anyway. So, are you saturated? <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time, for hanging out, and go gently with yourself this evening, huh? You know, just, just go gently. Don't, don't expect too much of you, so, that, so you can kind of integrate whatever, whatever permeated today, you know? Just be gentle. Don't drink a bottle of wine. That's kind of what I'm saying. Have a glass, not a bottle, you know? Like, just go gently, you know? Okay? And, and hopefully see you tomorrow. Same gig. We'll, have, we'll do whatever we'll do again. See you.